Resurrection Assembly of God Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. The 7th of March, 2021 Today's readings come from James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18, Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 34, Esther chapter 4, verses 1 through 17. God hears his people. Good morning, church. This is the day the Lord has made, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. Last week, we talked about the fact that sometimes we simply do not know what to do for our neighbors. The needs can be so great and so complex that we struggle to believe that we could have any meaningful impact. Yet we serve the God who fills empty jars to overflowing. Church this year, as you know by now, our church is fasting in two ways. First, we are fasting lunch on Fridays or modifying our Friday lunches to solemnly remember Christ our Savior and Him crucified. And second, we're taking up in our fast one concrete action of love for our neighbors. It may be sending a meal, giving a Pentecostal handshake, or shoveling someone's sidewalk. Let that not be the case anymore this season. <laughs> so be it, Lord. We're fasting by loving our neighbor, and our fast itself is one more way in which we love our neighbor. Because God hears the cries of his people. So today we're going to look at the story of a fast, the story of Queen Esther. Now, her story spans an entire book of the Bible, and for the sake of time and your attention spans, I will summarize and not read the entire thing, but it is only a few chapters, so go read it this week. Esther was a Jewish orphan raised by her cousin Mordecai. Mordecai was among those whom had been brought captive from Israel into Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. This story takes place under the reign of King Ashuerus, who reigned from India to Ethiopia over 127 provinces. Esther and Mordecai, along with the Jewish people who had been dispersed throughout the provinces, were exiles in a hostile land. The story of Esther begins with King Ahasuerus boasting of his riches and his greatness with feasting and displays for 180 days, which all culminated in a week-long feast. The king, full of pride, summoned his queen, who at the time was Queen Vashti, and she rejected his request. Unsurprisingly, this man, who was so obsessed with appearance and possession, became a little upset, and more than a little upset, and on the council of other leaders, he took the crown from Vashti and sought a new wife to show off 
to all the people. Esther was a beautiful woman. And after a show, not only of her beauty, but also of her wisdom, she becomes the next queen. Now, I want to pause here in the story of Queen Esther and undo, if I may, some poor teaching that has been perpetuated over the years. Sometimes Esther is reduced down only to her beauty. For sure, her beauty was a key factor in how she came to be named queen, but that is by no means the point of this story. When you read it, it is not supporting this as the proper way to treat women, nor is the story about the fact that a woman's only value is in her beauty, as is sometimes very disappointingly taught. This is instead a story about God acting on behalf of his people in a hostile land, a woman granted favor so that she might be in a position to be used by God to stop a genocide. So please, when you read Esther, do not use it as a supporting argument for degrading women. It is quite the opposite. And the Bible is very explicit on how women ought to be loved by their husbands, not as status symbols or objects like King Ashtoreth wanted to be, but in the same way Christ loves his church. And that is a tall order that negates any arguments to degrade women to trophies rather than humans bearing the image of the creator. With that said, let me go on in this story. After Esther is given the crown, Mordecai is at the right place at the right time to hear a plot by officials to usurp the king. Mordecai tells Esther, Esther informs the king, the story is written down in the king's chronicles and is not to be forgotten. And Haman is promoted. Haman is a prideful man and in this hostile empire full of injustice, it is again not surprising that it is expected that everyone bow to him and pay him homage. Mordecai, on the other hand, does not. Haman, full of fury at this rejection, plots destruction, not just for the man who insulted him or his pride, but for the entirety of the Jewish people. And so Haman, with great detail and foresight, plots a genocide. Now open with me to Esther chapter 4. When Mordecai learned all that had been done, Mordecai tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city. And he cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went up to the entrance of the king's gate for no one was allowed to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. And in every province where the king's commands and his decree reached, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting, and weeping and lamenting, and many of them lay in sackcloth and ashes. 
When Esther's young women and her eunuchs came and told her, the queen was deeply distressed. She sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he might take off his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther called for Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs who had been appointed to attend her, and ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what this was and why it was. Hathak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gate, and Mordecai told him all that had happened to him, and the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa for their destruction, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her and command her to go to the king to beg his favor and plead with him on, her, on behalf of her people. And Hathak went and told Esther what Mordecai had said. Then Esther spoke to Hathak and commanded him to go to Mordecai and say, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law to be put to death except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter, so that he may live. But as for me, I have not been called to come to the king these 30 days. And they told Mordecai what Esther had said. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, Relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear what your spirit is speaking to your church. Amen. Church. God hears the cries of his people. The story, of course, goes on from what we read. The people pray and fast. Esther marches to her sure destruction. God moves on her behalf and on behalf of his people, and she is granted favor with the king. Haman is thwarted and dies on the very gallows he built for Mordecai, while Mordecai is remembered for his act of love and honored by the king. The Jewish people are able to defend themselves by the grace and favor of God. They overtake all of their enemies. We've spent the past several months studying the book of Revelation and asking the spirit to open our eyes to Babylon or Persia all around us. Empires full of riches and of violence. Let me be clear. Babylon, Egypt, Persia, America, whatever we may call it, the lust for power, blood, and money are one and the same. 
whether it is the meticulous plotting of wicked men or careless words and actions of those with power. No matter the plots the enemy throws at us, we can be confident that God hears the cries of his people. This story of Esther is not far off from our own experiences. There are those in our very church who know exactly what the horrors of genocidal intentions look like. In our church, there are those of us who know the careful systems that can be put into place to oppress not just one person, but a whole group of people. But God is for the oppressed. And as we read the story of Esther, as we look at the injustices around us, it would be easy to throw up our hands and say, that's great, but what can I do? Esther was in a position of power and was able to affect change. I am not. And truthfully, most of us here in this building are not. Last week, Pastor Joseph opened up about the helplessness we feel when widows and orphans and those with such great and complex need come looking and all we have to offer is an empty jar and a prayer that God will fill it to overflowing. And that is facing just one woman in need. All the more overwhelming it feels when we begin to look at meticulously created structures of injustice, when we see bloodthirsty leaders who are happy to drop bombs to protect wealth and power. But let me assure you, God hears the cries of his people. Let me be clear. If you are in a position of power, be sure you do not you be sure that you do take Mordecai's words to heart. Do not think to yourself that in that position you will escape. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Who knows whether you have not come to whatever position you hold for such a time as this. We all need to use the influence and voice we have to speak prophetically to wicked and oppressive leaders and systems as God grants us the opportunity. But it is not you or me, the leaders of this world, Esther or Mordecai, who bring deliverance. We may participate, but God alone is deliverer. Church, God indeed moves on behalf of his people. Esther, like Christ, quietly marches to her sure death on behalf of her people in her act of humble sacrifice she loves her neighbor. Mordecai weeps and pleads with those in power, all the while refusing to bow in idolatry to save his own skin. And in so doing, he certainly loves his neighbor. 
But church, we must have eyes to see and ears to hear because Esther is not the only one used by God in this story, nor is it only Mordecai who acts on behalf of his neighbor. The people fasted and prayed and wept. Church, the prayer of a righteous person has great power at its working. Their prayers, our prayers, are like tiny mustard seeds of faith. They may seem small and ineffectual. We may plant them in the dirt, hidden from the eyes of kings and queens, presidents, senators, and CEOs. It may seem that nothing we can say or do will make a difference for those suffering at the hands of the powerful and wicked, but do not lose heart because God hears the cries of his people. As we fast, it's like we are tilling the ground for those prayerful mustard seeds. And as we plant those prayers in faith, as we weep along with Mordecai, our tears water the ground for those seeds to grow. And we can be confident that God will cause the growth. While we may not be the ones to stand before the powerful, it does not change that God hears the cries of his people and moves on their behalf. So church, we fast by loving our neighbor and we can be sure that our fast is also an act of love for our neighbor. Each time we share a loaf of bread, each time we mourn with those who mourn, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Give generously in secret. Pray and fast. We are planting kingdom seeds of faith. Small seeds which will grow to be trees where birds may find their rest. And with faith as small as that mustard seed, we are, when we are faced with mountains or corrupt empires, or genocide, those mountains will be moved, Babylon will fall, and the dead will be raised. So church, be encouraged in even the most discouraging of circumstances because God hears the cries of his people. Fast and weep and rejoice and share and pray and our prayers, our fasts, and our cries for justice will be heard by the Deliverer. Christ will return. He will judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom, the true, just, and righteous kingdom of mustard seeds, will never end. Amen. 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 Holy